Boker Tov, everyone. Closer. I hope that you all had a uh, wonderful Chag. Baruch Hashem, we're on the way to another Chag. Parshav Gdoshim, which has so many mitzvot associated with it, has a fundamental idea uh, that addresses maybe the main vital question that besets human beings. That is, what are we doing here? What is our purpose here? What are we? Are we just a, uh, to put it cruelly, just a glorified monkey? A well-developed chimpanzee? And there are those in academia who believe that to be true. Well, if, if you believe that, then there really is no purpose. For human beings. You were a product of an evolutionary process that has created us, but that there is uh, no ultimate purpose in our being. Also, if you uh, follow that line of reasoning and thought, So then many restrictions that are placed upon us, whether they are placed by religious belief or by social compact, really are meaningless. It's the law of nature that governs. And that uh, to try and make uh, sense, so to speak, out of the world and out of events is uh, futile. Needless to say, that's not the Jewish traditional view of why we are here. (coughs) Nevertheless, uh, we find in Tanakh, find in Tehillim, that they were not afraid to ask the basic question. Hashem God, Ben Odom Mau Shetedo Ehu. Why should you care about human beings? What is your relationship to human beings? Enosh Vatiskarehu, a human being. And that you should remember, you should take into account. And then the uh, psalmist uh, records for us uh, that uh, we are fragile, we are mortal, we're imperfect. So then what's the deal here? Why should the Lord care about us? 
Now it's interesting that the Tanakh asks the question. One of the great points uh, in uh, true study of uh, Jewish thought and in the study of the Talmud and in the study of the great commentators throughout the ages is that they were not afraid to ask the questions. And that simply because some of the questions did not have easy answers, and there were some that had no answers at all, did not deter them from asking the question. Because the natural process of human development is based upon curiosity and inquiry and the ability to ask the question. And we find that uh, anybody that's a student of the Talmud knows that the Talmud is basically question and answer. And that the Talmud will admit many times that they don't have an answer. Gemara says, Kasha, good question. In Yiddish they used to say, Asuna Kasha Stark Minute. Nobody ever died because a question went unanswered. The question remains. Uh, but uh, to a certain extent, there are events that almost belie the question. We just had the experience yesterday of Yom HaShoah, which is probably the greatest question in Jewish life over the past hundreds of years. It's a tremendous question. And that question certainly no one has come up with, in my opinion, an adequate answer. But the troubling thing is that the question is not asked. And if it's not asked, then it festers. And it becomes a deeper crisis than one that is expressed and attempted to be dealt with. So my, my, my rabbeim in the yeshiva always used to tell us that there are many more good questions than there are good answers. And those questions should be asked. And that's exactly what Tehillim it says. So the basic question that we ask is, God, uh, what are we doing here? What do you want from us? What are we?
uh, I would hazard to say that this question is rarely, if ever, addressed in Jewish religious educational circles today. That's the impression that I have. So the Parsha of Kedoshim came somehow to address that question. By Dabar Hashem Moshe Lemur, God told Moshe, tell the Jewish people, Lemur means to be repeated, to be expressed to the Jewish people. I'm going to ask a good question, you ask it of the Jewish people. They should be troubled by it. Kedoshim Teel, Ki Kadosh Ani Hashem You should be Kadosh, because I am Kadosh, I'm the Lord your God. That sentence, so to speak, doesn't follow you should be Kodosh, because I am Kodosh. And then I'm the Lord your God. It's uh, disparate phrases. It's a run-on sentence that combines different ideas. So one idea is Kodosh to you, right? You should be a holy people. So we had that before. Ratem tiyuli mamleches kohanim v'goi kodosh. But Mamad Harsinai, God told us you're supposed to be holy people. So now he repeats it. Kedoshim tiyuli. By Harsinai, he didn't say why you should be a special people. He only said that I chose you. V'yisem li'zgulam b'kolo amim kili kolo oritz. You're a special people because I say you're a special people. I choose you. So sometimes that's a good answer. When we're children, when we ask the question why, uh, too many times the answer is because. That's just the way it is. But here, the Torah advances and answers all of a sudden. Kedoshim to you, you should be holy, you should be sanctified, you should be special. Ki Kadosh Ani Hashem because I am Kadosh. <coughs> that implies something regarding the nature of our existence in this world. It, so to speak, defines the reason that we are here. In uh, theological terms, uh, there is uh, a phrase in Latin called imitatio dei, meaning imitation of the divine. That is found in Judaism without the Latin. 
that we are likened to our Creator. Under the chuppah, we have one of the brachas that we make. Asher Yatsar is Odom Betzalmo. It's not enough, Betzalmo. Betzalmo, the moose, Tavniso. In the shape and form of the Creator. And he gave us eternity. How do we understand that? We are not in the form of the Creator. The Creator has no form. One of the uh, cardinal principles of Judaism is we cannot estimate who God is and what it means is holiness. So what is the Torah telling us here? You should be Kodosh because I am Kodosh and I'm the Lord your God. So the Torah comes to give us a definition here of our purpose in life. Our purpose in life is a, uh, for maybe lack of a better word, a partnership with God. An imitation of God. We're the little God. You know, uh, so I was in the hotel for Pesach, and Baruch Hashem, there were a lot of families there. And there were a lot of little children. And there was like families that they have uh, three, four, can I know her, children. And many of them, the children are dressed alike. The parents like to do that. So the, the, the ten-year-old boy is dressed, you know, and the six-year-old and the four-year-old and even the infant. And that's a, a natural instinct within us. To a certain extent, we all want to be our parents even though we don't. We always want to be somebody else. Somebody greater than us. It was a... Uh, marketing campaign in the United States when Michael Jordan was the great basketball player. Mamish wanted to get over. So the slogan was, be like Mike. How can I be like Mike? I'm in the, he's six foot six and I'm five foot six. <coughs> And he can jump a mile and I can't, uh, you know, what are you talking about? Be like Mike. But how many millions of shoes and t-shirts and all sorts of paraphernalia were sold on the basis of be like Mike? Because we would all like to be like Mike. We'd all like to be 
more than what we are. Physically. And that's true morally as well. There's an innate nature within us that wants us to be holy. It's called our conscience. So that when we misbehave, when we fall short of the mark, somehow we don't feel good about it. That peace within us is the peace of us that wants to be like our Creator. Call in Hebrew, the peace of godliness from heaven that's invested in each and every human being. It's what allows us to dream. It's what allows us to see things that are not here. It's what fuels our imagination. What drives civilization. And it's also the destructive nature within us to oppress others, to take advantage of others, to be basically selfish while then. And uh, this uh, drive within us to be what we aren't yet has to be channeled. So the Torah came and said, Kedoshim to you. We, I want you to be holy. Why are you holy? Because you're my partner. Kikodoshani. We're wearing the same t-shirt. The same company. We have an identical purpose. To advance life, to advance civilization. And the way to do it is to imitate me. So in this parsha, we have many, many laws, many, many mitzvot. But the rabbis put it very uh, simply: Mahu rachu, mafato rachu, mahu chanu, mafato chanu. The Lord is gracious, we should be gracious. The Lord is tolerant, we should be tolerant. The Lord created such a magnificent world with all sorts of different people in it. So we should be able to bear also a world that has all sorts of different people in it. Which is the basis for the halachas of Ben Olam In Pirkei Ovos it says, Nemanu bal malach lecho sheyishalem lecho scharpu lasech. You can rely on the owner of the company that he will meet the payroll. That he will pay you for your work. Because of that, we have a mitzvah in the Torah of lo solim pulas char sochir itcha you're not allowed to withhold wages. 
You're not allowed not to pay your worker on time. Because we're imitating the Creator. The Creator pays on time. He's nemon, he's trustworthy. So you have to be as well. The Gemara quotes many times, uh, I mentioned it this week, uh, there are no obscenities in the Hebrew language. The Torah goes out of its way not to say negative things. So it says, uh, the animal that's tohor, and which is not tohor. Now the Torah doesn't uh, waste words. So it should have said, it's a But the Torah doesn't speak that way. The Torah doesn't speak negatively. It doesn't speak unnecessarily. So that's an imitation of God. And Chazal always said that doing... uh, an Avera, God forbid, sinning is a desecration of the relationship between God and the human being. Because we're supposed to imitate Him. The more excessive way, all of that as we learned from the Avram Avinu, learned that from the Rebona Shalom. What we consider to be societal norms, the Torah has placed them as commandments so that they become an imitation of the Creator. And that is the bond that is between the people of Israel and the God of Israel, is that the people of Israel for all of their failings and for all of their weaknesses and for all of the fact that they are mere mortals are partners. And partners are, uh, you never know uh, why the business is successful. Famous uh, uh, short story written. It's a Jewish short story, but then it was written by a, a Jewish author that uh, was very famous in America. Uh, I, I read the short story in the New Yorker magazine when the New Yorker magazine could be read, and uh, later on I found it in the. A collection of Hasidic stories. The story goes as follows. It outlines partnership. That uh, two brothers came from Europe to the United States. Penniless. But like many if not most Jewish immigrants they went to work 
eventually they bought a little grocery store. One of the brothers was a very good businessman. He managed the grocery store. The other brother was uh, what we call uh, a loyutzloch. He's a nebbish. Whatever he touches turns to ashes. But he's his brother. So uh, the brother who is successful in building up the grocery business gives a uh, job to the other brother to keep him busy and to justify the fact that he's paying him a salary. So there used to be uh, little gumball machines in every grocery store. You'd put a penny and get a little gumball. So he gave him the franchise to put the, to take care of the gumball machine. So in the overall grocery business, the gumball machine is uh, one-tenth of one percent of the income. But the brother is happy. He's taking care of the gumball machine. Meanwhile, the other brother develops the business. They buy a second grocery store. They buy a third grocery store. They open supermarkets. They become a... Uh, a citywide chain, and then they become a national chain. <coughs> Enormously successful. And in every store now, there's a gumball machine. And this brother takes care of the gumball machines, and he put his children into the gumball machines. And again, the gumball machines are uh, pennies in the overall uh, balance sheet of the company. Then what happens is that the successful brother passes away and his son takes over the business. And uh, the uncle with the gumball machines keeps on coming into the office to report on gumball sales. And here he's dealing with all of these stores and everything. He hasn't got the patience for them. So what happens is he retires him. He buys him a condo in Florida, and he sends the uncle away. And he takes all the gumball machines out, and it's a year or two later, it became obvious that the son had overextended the business. And that they didn't really have the cash flow to maintain all those stores. And he was in a very difficult situation. And as you can imagine, he was very tense, nervous. And he's sitting in his office trying to save the corporation. And the uncle from Florida shows up. He hasn't got time for his uncle. He's in the middle of all of these troubles. And the uncle notices that he is troubled. So he says to him, well, well what happened? Why, what's the problem? So he tells him, you know, well, we have cash flow problems. We're, we're overextended. The banks call in the loans. Uh, we're in trouble. And the uncle says to him, 
I'm sorry, but you knew that I had to retire sometime. <laughs> so there's a moral lesson to that. It's the gumball machine because they kept it going. Because he's supporting the Nebuchadnezzar kind of brother. You want to do it on your own? Okay, God says, let you do it. Partnership's a partnership. So the Torah tells us all of this, right? Let's imitate God. God would want you to have a gumbo machine in your supermarket. Why not? He wouldn't begrudge it to you. So that's the idea of Gdoshim to you, Kikodoshani Hashem you're my partner. You're Kodosh because I'm Kodosh. That's our uh, family business is to be Kodosh. To be what's involved. And my mother, uh, blessed memory, is just her yard site, 50 years. She was a very clever woman, but she uh, was a very strong woman. So uh, my she my parents took me out of public school in seventh grade and put me into the Jewish school that Jen was that then was just starting in Chicago. So a lot of nice people in Chicago came to visit, and they said to my mother, "You know, we, you're making him a cripple." Because the education won't be as good and he won't be able to go to college and you're, you're, you're. he could be a doctor and then, you know, now you're, you know, you're ruining his chances. So my mother said to them, I don't think so. She said, I'm putting him into the family business. So they said, well, what, family, what, what's the fact? She said, we're in the family business. Our family business is Torah. We're generations Rabbonim. We're generations teachers. We study Torah. That's our family business. I don't have to worry about it. We'll be in the family business. So the Rabbon Shalom gave us a big family business. It's called Doshim Diyu. That's our family business. And because we're doing it like the founder, you know, sometimes I remember when I went, uh, I was with the OU, so uh, when Hershey chocolate came under the OU, so I went to visit the uh, CEO to draw up the contract with him, etc. Magnificent office. And he had a full wall portrait of old man Hershey. And he said, we have to live up to that portrait. So we have a full portrait of the head of our business, of our CEO, who's in charge. And that portrait is Kedoshim Diyu. Ki Kedoshani Hashem Elokech. 
And if that be our view of things in life, so then that answers, to a certain extent at least, our purpose, our abilities, our challenges, and what we're supposed to be doing here. So we may not value the gumball machinery. We may not think that's important in the overall scheme of things. But our partner may uh, deem it to be very important, to be vital to the success of the entire enterprise. So that's really the underlying lesson of all of the mitzvot that appear in this parsha. Gdoshim ki kodosh ani Hashem That's the business. And there are many, many aspects to it. Many ways to accomplish it. But the goal should always be clear and that should be what our attitude towards life is. Shabbat Shalom to everyone. Thank you for coming next uh, Friday again, God willing. This is why uh, have a portion of the rabbi and the uh, foreigner reasons. <laughs>